0: This is Brock and Salk Brock Hewitt is my hero Jay Hewitt just punched me in the kidney Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio On Seattle Sports what We're going to give you our manager not really work that way, Sherm This is a show that has my name on it, it does, Brought to you by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard Now here are your hosts, Brock Hewitt and Mike Salk Hello! Yes, hello You can choose your favorite platitude, Brock Which one would you like? How do you make God laugh? Make a plan? Do you like that one? Oh, that's you, pretty good. Do you want, uh, I don't know, there's probably a few others. When happen. it rains, it pours. When it rains, at port, Yeah, just, uh, you know, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Oh, if good. yesterday yeah. was boring, today anything but, as the Mariners all of the sudden ran into the old rock in the ground called adversity. Mm. It, it, it snagged their ship as they were cruising through the port. Bang, adversity mm. ripping at the sides of the boat, at the mm. helm, I think it's mm. called. I don't know anything about boats or ships, but you know what I mean. It's, it's adversity apparent. time. Huh? It's kind of apparent. <laughs> it's like... It's Tom a, Nelson's probably listening like, oh, no. <laughs>
1: the, it is like a Tuesday it's night helm. practices for Titus' yeah. team. Helm. H-E-L-M. Helm. Hull. Yeah, hole. There's a hole, too. Which uh-huh. is which? Aren't they the same thing? They're the hole, and he's at the helm. I'm pretty sure the hole uh-huh. and the whole helm are the same <laughs> no. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Tom's going to let us know it's not. I'm pretty no. sure they're the same. Steering. No, last night was like a Tuesday night practice for Titus, where we are on this lumpy, dumpy field, where I get bit like crazy from the mosquitoes, and kind of like the injury bug... And and just started started to hit three key Mariners. Yeah, guess what, man? Titus' team oh, gets geez. throttled, and six Sorry. kids got the injury belt. Yeah, I bet they did. They didn't, they didn't even show up. Well, Where are it, they? It, yesterday was
0: sort of odd. I mean, the roof was closed, the rain, the weather—like everything felt a little bit off. I went over there yesterday. Immediately found out that uh, that George Kirby had been scratched. That he was sick. I'm not all that concerned about that, obviously. But then, right before game time, Julio was scratched. We find out that it's a sore foot. Scott saying afterwards that it's a pinched nerve in the foot. Mm-hmm. And then you got Ty France leaving the game with a contusion. First we heard wrist, then it was thumb, whatever it is. I don't like any, any, any of that. So you got a little adversity, Brock. And then you uh-huh. watch the game yesterday and they just use lefty after lefty after lefty. And I know you were upset about the bats yesterday. I, I, I understand why. I mean, there were a couple of bad ones in there and obviously they scored one run. They weren't exactly getting, you know, hitting the cover off the ball. But I thought they got really done in by a lineup that all of a sudden became super lefty-heavy. Canzone had to be in there, and you had to have Marlowe and you had to have Mike Ford. And that was just like one too many. So tell me what you think of this. I got three names for you that just showed up on the waiver wire yesterday. Weird day yesterday Mm. with the waiver wire, right? It's not really supposed to be as active, but both the Yankees and Angels are trying to maybe get under some cap space. Anyway, don't worry about it. All I can tell you is there's a bunch of guys that are available all of a sudden, and if you can get them in a waiver claim, all you got to do is pay their salary the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. Three names of guys that are underperforming who might not excite you, which is why they've all been released. And yet, they would absolutely fit your immediate needs. First name on my list is Randall Gritchick. We talked about him at the trade deadline, but the feeling at the time was, well, kind of fits with a lot of what the guys on this team already do. They don't really need him, but they kind of like him. Well, guess what? Randall Gritchick, right-handed hitter, Mm -hmm. not very good against righties, 692 OPS. Mm. You know what he's done this year against lefties? Mm. 990. Mm. Interested? Mm-hmm. For a little while, mm-hmm. until you can sort of you know make your lineup work again.
1: Mm-hmm. How about
0: this name for you, Harrison Bader? Remember Harrison Bader? He's that Yankee center fielder. Used to be in St. Louis. Got like oh, always yeah. like a angry yeah. wad of something in his mouth that yeah. he's chewing on. Right, very New York. Not very good against righties. Oh my <clears> gosh, <throat> five hundred five OPS this year against righties. Yes. That's why he's no longer in New York. But he can run a little bit. He yes. plays hard. Plays a little defense. Oh, and by the way. OPS against lefties, Brock? One thousand eighty six. Could you have used that last night? Mm. Let me give you one more name. Okay. Geez. And this
1: one is a little bit more expensive. But I thought you said you wish there was a waiver wire hey, to pass it, and then boom. I know,
0: bang. All of a sudden, there used to be waiver wire deals. You can't make trades against the waiver wire right, anymore. Right. You just got
1: to pick up the salary. You just so maybe on a night when 44,000 were in the building, you were expecting and budgeted for 15. <laughs> well, I don't there's think this 30, is a salary issue. Ah, there's 30,000 more tickets sold, yes. and you can, you know, probably last night alone bring in, I don't know, three quarters of a million more. <laughs> well, Richick and Bader
0: cost you essentially nothing. The question the guy who would Cost some stuff as Donaldson because he's got a, a team buyout for next year. You'd have to pay him the eight million dollars. No, 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 don't know. Nah, 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 but Josh but, Donaldson, Brock, who's eh, been eh, released because eh, he's been—you don't want Josh Donaldson. But eh, can I just give you the numbers before you, you can, panic? But I'm going to give you the Mike Tom Zula, huh? Eh. Dude, I will disagree with that. All you want, <laughs> Josh Donaldson, five seventy-six against right-handers. Right, awful. Right, he can't hit righties. Nine fifteen. Yeah, this year against lefties. And what do you need right now? A first baseman. If Ty France is going to miss some time, you don't think Josh Donaldson could move from third to first for a couple of weeks and help
1: you out until you get Ty France back? If if people are concerned about Jared Kelnick's energy. Right and they think he's got a little negative vibe. Yeah. How do you characterize Donaldson's energy? I would characterize
0: it as former MVP
1: and Volatile. guy who would be so excited to be out of
0: New York that I would absolutely be willing to take that shot for a couple right. of weeks. Right. Not talking about him for the rest of, you know, time, but for a few weeks. Yeah, somebody else saying Hunter Renfro. I don't, I'm don't. i not as in on Hunter Renfro just because, again, I don't think he hit – just look at the numbers. He hasn't hit right-hander – or left-handers, rather, at all this year. But Donaldson has, Bader has, and Gritchuk has. Mm-hmm. And if Julio and or France going to be down for any amount of time, yep. all of a sudden those guys become real options in addition to a couple of the lefties
1: – or a couple of so, relievers, so- rather, who are out there like Matt Moore – Okay, I don't think so you, you can were,
0: get any of these guys.
1: Right? Yeah. But I tell think me, you tell try. me, why, tell me why? Because right now, is it where you sit in the American League? Well,
0: it's not just where you sit in the American League. That was the rule for a long time. Correct. It changed in 2020. Oh, thanks. So you would have had a better shot at this a few years ago. Great. It used to be that it all went by league, right? Mm-hmm. So when somebody was put on waivers like this. The worst team in this case Gets in the American Ibs, League when right. I first dibs all the way up to the best team in the American League. Yes. Then it would go to the worst team so in the what National. League. What did Robbie Brock do? What did, what did the guys in New York up. do? What did they do now? It's all together as one league. There barely, uh, there's there's barely even any difference between these leagues anymore. Gosh. And so now it's just straight up. You know, whoever had the worst record right now, all the way to whoever has the best record across both leagues, and so the Mariners are
1: fifth. And in the they have the DH fifth.
0: Help. Yeah. No, that doesn't help. Fifth best, nah. fifth best record. And by the way, it goes to like last year's record as a tiebreaker. Oh, so right now, great. like the you had a better record than the Rangers did last year, so oh, that's you're tied great. with. Oh, so the whole thing pill. is very much against you in trying to get any of these guys.
1: But, but. Yes.
2: They are out be, there, could, and if yes. they sneak
0: to you, and if somebody doesn't want to pay, yeah. I mean, Josh
1: Donaldson's got to be the debate. Is he toxic? Maybe. I don't – I like volatile. The toxic is too negative. Well, I just, I like I'm volatile. reading a text here that says he's literally the most toxic player in the league. <laughs> yes, he's very, very volatile. <laughs> there was already concern about Jared's volatility. You're adding, you know, Jared on steroids. So I, I just don't know. I mean, about not kind of fun for a short you and me of time. Me. Just give me a name that you think would be good okay. as an offensive yeah. coordinator. Yeah, yeah, what yeah.
0: if I throw a name out? There? Yeah, well, Mark you, Trustman. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's someone you might know, yeah. right?
1: That's maybe yeah. the best you can give me. That's how you feel yeah. about
0: about Donaldson, huh? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think what of was tr- by Josh Donaldson. By the way, do few, few, few,
1: few you see what was trending last night? Nerve injury of course it was, yeah, was. It was true. And then, you know what? Don't do it. Don't even Google it. I mean, thank God the internet was not around for Liddell, my grandma. She was already a hypochondriac. I can't even imagine those hypochondriacs of the 80s and 90s if they had WebMD. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> how, how do the hypochondriacs of today do it? Because you type in nerve damage foot and you're like, I'm going to die. Right. I, it's, it's unhealable. I'm doomed. So you're a no-go on Donaldson? <sighs> Are you an uh, answer? The question, bro. I told you volatility. Are I don't need it. Are you a no go? What if Ty France is going to miss two weeks? Give me Grichuk. What if Ty France is
0: going to miss Grychuk. two weeks?
1: Grichuk. <laughs> What if he's not? France, his swelling's already down in his thumb. What take if it down Tom going to miss time? Take it down a notch. I'm not, not taking anything fine. down a notch. Take it down a notch. I'm taking nothing down a <laughs> notch.
0: you got three right-handed bats that really could have helped you last night. And yeah. if either of these two guys are going to miss time, yeah, I'd be real interested. Scott Service, come on at 930. He can tell me to take it down a notch, and I'll feel a lot better. It's Brock and Salk, CL Sports <laughs> on 710
3: need to know.
1: 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk.
3: Here's what you need to know. Up first.
0: Well, you know you're not going to win them all. Everybody knows that, but geez, when you see them get away against the lousy Oakland team, I can understand some of the frustration uh, yesterday operating without a few of their best players. The Mariners did a whole lot of nothing offensively, just two hits through eight innings, a bloop single basically and one other hit from Teo was all they could muster, but yeah, they did put runners on second and third in the ninth inning, right? You got a single from Rojas, a double from Crawford, and all of a sudden, as much as they didn't have anything last night, they did bring the what winning run to the plate with two outs. Unfortunately, Suarez couldn't do anything. He strikes out. They fall 3-1, so just not the kind of night you were hoping for offensively. Uh,
2: you know, we find ways um, to create an opportunity, and that's what you do. You just try to put traffic out there, and hopefully you, know, you come up with the big hit, and we'll continue to do that. Um, you know, there's, not, there's no replacement for Julio and certainly how he's playing right now. Um, but you open guys, find a way to get on base, create traffic, and then, you know, you get a big hit. So, again, I don't know if he's going to be available tomorrow. We'll find out when we get here in the morning.
0: Yeah, so we'll get a little bit more on Julio, but yeah, I think that was sort of what it felt like last night as a team that was just sort of missing its dudes. And oh, by the way, they just kept throwing lefty after lefty after lefty Mm -hmm. at them, and I don't think that was too helpful either. Meanwhile, the Rangers and Astros win. Blue Jays lose, so you uh, are back into a tie for first place, but three and a half up on Toronto.
1: Yeah, 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position and 12 strikeouts. And you're right, a lot of that were matchups that Scott would not have played normally. I mean, part of the benefit of this 26-man roster is he's looked down the bench and he's had answers for what other teams are doing. And last night, you take away Julio, you take away Ty, you did not have a lot of answers. Had a hard time hitting spin. You know, that was so much. It did. It felt like some of those games in April and May. The weather looked like it. The environment Mm -hmm. looked like it. The pitcher looked like it. And like, golly. You know what, though? I thought Walderchuk was pretty good last night.
0: Seriously. I know he walks some guys. But we've seen that now a few times from now. Right? mm -hmm. With guys who are wild but also have good stuff. They've taken the walks. They've just been unable to come up with that big hit when they've needed it.
1: Yeah, I think over the final 30, Buster only will be with us. He'll be our third national analyst to handicap this race over the final 30 games. Our buddy Luke Arkins, kind of, his eye was where my eye was. And it's just some of those strikeouts and spins and hitting spin. So good in August. This historic August month, the best month ever for these Mariners. They have been better in both of those categories. But I have a hunch they will be a big part of what this month of September looks
0: like. Yeah, one more against Oakland today. 110 matinee. Bryce Miller and Zach Neal get it going. Here's the second thing. You need to. Well, know. yeah. Let's get onto the details of what we found out last night. Mariners players are just dropping like flies. George Kirby sick. He couldn't go. And you got to imagine for George Kirby to go, well, the Furious he was,
1: George wanted to go. And they sick. shut him down. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. you're going to go home, George. You, you haven't slept. You don't look good. Just go on. Get out of here. Not too concerned there, but Julio Rodriguez and Ty France. Yeah, a lot more concerned. Scott Service gave us an update.
2: Always concerned. You know, I, I don't want to. Um, you know, see how these guys feel. Uh, when they come in tomorrow, again, it's a quick turnaround day game. Um, then we got the day off uh, as we head to New York. So you just never know. Uh, things happen, you know. Um, things come up. And we have been, you know, pretty injury-free here through this, the whole month of August. You know, got bumps and bruises some guys have played with tonight. We had, you know, it caught us. It happens. You know, you're looking for guys to, to you know some of our younger players step up. Matchups were tough tonight. They have a lot of left-handed pitching, uh, you know, the starter and in their bullpen. You know, they executed and got big outs against us.
0: Yeah, I think that was very true. And by the way, most teams don't have that many lefties. But Julio Rodriguez, now you're looking at a pinched nerve in his foot. I don't think anybody likes the sound of that. And in uh, the case of Ty France, he was hit with a pickoff attempt in his hand. Initial reports said wrist. Scott afterwards said thumb. Either way, both guys are day to day.
1: Yeah, I think it's where the wrist connects to the thumb, Mike, if I know my anatomy. Got it. Thank you. And have you ever had a hematoma? A (laughs) hematoma? Yeah, you ever had a hematoma? Yeah, I think so. What do you mean you think so? You yeah. would know if you have a big hematoma. Or hmm. you get just massive swelling li- right I've away. I've got a lipoma. Like in, in, in when I was 11, I ran into the catcher chasing down a fly ball at first, and I had a hematoma that looked like a unicorn. I looked like a human unicorn on my forehead. Kind a unicorn uh, cry- like a unishark. Oh, just a, a unicorn and a hammerhead together. Just a just a bad deal. Uh, but i 'm going to take some good news its Scott said yeah it 's more thumbs swelling. I-, I think that thing just swelled up like a balloon can 't grab a back can 't play <laughs> so enter mike ford let 's hope the swelling comes down today." And I'm going to just have a hunch that if there's anything going on with Julio, he's not playing today with an off day tomorrow, and get him right for yeah, September. Yeah, I would tend
0: to agree with that. Meanwhile, lots of players out there on the MLB waiver wire all of a sudden mentioned some of the bats that would be available. Yeah, because of the right-handedness, I would be interested in Harrison Bader or Josh Donaldson or... Uh, Who did I mention earlier? Randall Gritchick. Uh, And then some relievers. Matt Moore is certainly an intriguing lefty. And Lucas Giolito as a depth starter. All names that I would think the Mariners should have some interest in.
3: Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, Brock, the Seahawks
0: have a 53-man roster, at least for today. Then they'll start putting guys on short-term IR. We'll see what other moves need to get done. There weren't really a lot of surprises there. Uh Jared Reed made the team along with all 10 draft picks. Jake Bobo made it, of course, as well. Tyreek Smith, Cody Thompson both made it. So uh, the guys who did not, Levi Bell, Aesop Winston, Jonathan Sutherland, Vi Jones, uh, the last two were both waived as injured. So, yeah, really not a lot of surprises, there. There, I did like this sound from Geno Smith, though, who talked about their offense and what they could become.
2: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's always growing. You know, um, the season is such a long journey, and uh, for us as an offense, um, we don't want to be the best version of ourselves week one. You know, we want to you know save that for down the line. So um, we're continuing to grow. Uh, We got a lot of guys who are second year players now, a couple rookies out there on their offense. So uh, everyone's gotta get better. And so what I see from us as an offense is just. Um, we're multiple we can do just about anything man there's, there's nothing that we can't do out there uh, I got faith in my guys and I know they got faith in me and so we just got to work together as one unit
1: it's funny you like that I didn't really like that I know where he's coming from I'm, I'm, I want them to evolve and they will and the role development sulky over the course of the season I'm with you but no, nah, come out, hit the ground running, and be the best version of yourself. What happened to your patience?
0: What do you mean? What has happened to can you win the game in the first quarter? Hey, what
1: has happened you, to all? You of get walloped thirty six nothing in a, in an opener, and you tell me how you feel? I'll be upset, right? but I understand yeah. what he's saying. I'm Haven't like, slept hey, not all, all week, salt. Haven't slept. Looking for answers for my poor kids that are giving up hundred pounds a player. All right, all right?
0: jeez. It's everything you need to know. We do a quarter past every hour. Here on the Brock and Salk show. You ever coached? No projection at all here. I have. Yeah, it was fine. Like I didn't didn't turn me into a raving lunatic or anything. Whatever, pal. Are
2: you official? (laughs) I didn't even think you were officially a coach. I thought you helped out from time to time. Yeah.
1: Are you a coach or not? I'm a coach. Are you? Yes, I'm a coach. Are you listed as a coach? Do the other Uh, coaches know you're a coach? Uh, Yes, Justin. Yes, they do. Are you like Kramer when he just kept showing up? Like, I'll let you go. I don't even work here. That's what makes this so hard, then. (laughs) Get Buster on the phone. Let's go.
0: All right, Buster only is going to join us here in just a moment. I got people telling me about the difference between a hull and a helm. I don't believe a word you're saying. I've got other people saying, or hear me out, professional ballplayers could just hit left these no matter what side of the plate they hit from okay well then you'd make a heck of a manager trust me yes uh we'll see what buster has to say about all this do the mariners have a shot at any of these guys who have been put on waivers we'll ask him that and more next
2: this this is
0: brock and salk powered through the alaska Airlines studio
3: back in mornings from six to ten on seattle sports and the seattle sports app
0: well, things are a little interesting all of a sudden across Major League Baseball. There's not supposed to be any more moves after the deadline. There's no more waiver trade deadline, and yet everything got interesting yesterday. Who better to have already booked as a guest for this morning than Buster only of ESPN. Buster, how are you? It's always been too long. Good to hear your voice.
3: Yeah, good to talk uh, with you guys too. Uh, look, it is a, uh, you know, what happened in baseball yesterday is fascinating and it's going to be interesting to see uh, in this offseason if there's going to be some more meetings and more discussions and people putting their heads together to come up with more rule changes.
1: <laughs> 25 hours ago, Salk was lamenting that there's no more waiver claims, and no more waiver. I mean, legitimately with a national guest, 25 hours ago.
0: We had passing on yesterday. I was yep. like, it's too bad there's not another waiver deadline the way there used to be because the Mariners could really use it. And so then how like, did this a happen? few hours later, yeah. everybody's out there. How'd
1: this happen, Buster?
3: Well, I mean, this it definitely feels to some degree like Artie Moreno, the Angels' owner, who made the decision to keep Otani. Um, you know, which led to the the Angels' front office deciding, hey, we're going to add since we we, we can't trade Otani, we might as well add and try to get better. Um, it does feel like Artie Moreno flipping over the game board when he's ten years old. Like it's not working out, so we're just going to you know give up and we're going to put everybody on waivers and we're going to try to save as much money. I will say everybody I talked to last night said, you know, for an organization which historically has made a lot of bad decisions, this was a smart decision that's allowable under the rules. Um, you know, the, the Angels and now to a lesser degree the Yankees and probably other teams here in the next 24 hours, um, you know, essentially found a loophole in that rules they put in place in 2019 against waiver claims. But if you're Major League Baseball, You really have to be concerned about the idea of getting to the end of August every year and this becoming a trend where all the non-contending teams are like, you know what, let's just cut everybody that who's a veteran player who's going to be a free agent uh, and then we can see if we can save a little bit of money. Because the reason why they put these rules in place, of course, in 2019 is that they wanted teams to stand on the integrity of their rosters for the bulk of the season. Uh, and not have a situation where you essentially had teams adding ringers late in the year going into the postseason. But that's what we're going to have now. Uh, You know, if you look at Harrison Bader potentially as a ringer, uh, you know, who the Yankees outfielder you assume would be claimed, you know, Lucas Giolito, Randall Gritchick, et cetera, uh, because it's it, uh, you would assume that these guys, at least some of them, are going to be claimed.
0: Well, all of a sudden, you know, we, we, yesterday when the news first came out, you know, as a Mariner fan, we're looking at and going, all right, you know, you got a couple of relievers. Matt Moore would certainly be interesting, and Lucas Giolito would be interesting. They could use a little bit of depth, but then all of a sudden, Julio goes down last night. We'll wait and find out how serious it is. Same with Ty France. They get beat by a whole bunch of lefties because they were way too left-handed yesterday, and all of a sudden, you look at it and say, hold on a minute, Donald and Gritchik and Bader have all been murder against left-handed pitching this year. Is there a chance any of those three are still there when the Mariners claim at 25th, 26th, something like that?
3: Boy, is this a complete wild card yep. scenario that you know is not only making, uh, you know, sending front offices into scramble, but probably really making some owners mad uh, who are not interested in spending money. Because in some ways, this is going to be a referendum on the front office of the Boston Red Sox, <laughs> you know, whose fan base, as you guys know, and not happy with them uh, and other teams uh, because their fans fan base like the Reds right now probably could use a starting pitcher and Lucas Chialito, uh would make sense but the ownership might not be willing to take on an extra couple million dollars as we come down the stretch. I think for the Mariners, you know, how they've run the franchise, we've seen how aggressive they've been. We've seen the fan response. It would make sense to me to pick up Bader because he is a terrific player when he's swinging the bat well. He's got experience. He plays with a ton of confidence. You saw him in the postseason last year. He was the Yankees' best player besides Aaron Judge, and it's been a disappointing year this year. But given the fact that he's not making a lot of money, what five point two million in salary, which means the team claiming him, it's less than a million dollars. Absolutely. Mm. But the question from the Mariners' perspective is: because they're down in the in the waiver claim pecking order, will they even have a chance to claim him? They, they may not even. He may not even get to them.
1: Buster, this is so fascinating. As I'm listening to you, I'm understanding. If I put on ownership cap in in the New York you know, League offices cap, like this isn't good. But as a fan no. today, but as a fan, <laughs> is awesome. a fan is like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and you know what? Last night, Buster, the biggest Tuesday night crowd, well, since the season opener on a Tuesday, so maybe the biggest ever, 44,000 were in T-Mobile. I did some rough math on a night where you expected 15,000, 30,000 more tickets, 30,000 more merchandise, 30,000 more beers. You know what you just bought? Harrison Bader, <laughs> right? You just – so is, is, is a fan, you're like, this might be some unintended consequences, especially Buster. This isn't 20 years ago where things are decided, right? This is so wide open. That NL race is so wide open for the wild card. This AL West race, so wide open. I don't know, man. As I hear you talk from a fan perspective, this is awesome.
3: Right. Chaos is awesome. Uh, the one thing I would say, and I, I bet you – that this is going to come up in the conversation among owners this winter uh, is that there's an inherent advantage for a big market team. You know, and I, uh, I mean, for years and years and years, the waiver, the waiver claims were dominated by the Mets and the Yankees. Not surprisingly, because if the player was awarded to those teams then they'd be like, yeah, okay, drop in the bucket for the Tampa Bay Rays, it's something very different. So I think there's a question about advantage, disadvantage, but in this moment, you're right. It's a fascinating story and they're going to be some teams helped and, you know, Lucas Giolito, who's been a disaster with the Angels, maybe he goes to the Dodgers and they say, well, we fixed Lance Lynn, we'll fix him too. Uh, and, and these, you know, these are players who potentially could, uh, you know, be difference makers once we get into October.
0: The one guy that I find kind of interesting because it's hard for me to imagine Bader will still be there when the Mariners, uh, you know, put in their claim is Donaldson. He's a little more expensive, right? Because you got to have next year's buyout, if I'm not mistaken, of eight million, and you know, you got a personality question mark. So he could conceivably be there. How serious is that personality question mark?
3: Oh, it's, it's, it's brought up for sure. Uh, and to be clear, you know, he's going to be a little bit different than Vader because he's going to pass. He, he'll clear waivers, and then he'll be a free agent. He'll be able to sign with another team. Uh, I, I would imagine Noah Syndergaard uh, is another one who's in that category. But with Josh, yeah. I mean, the Yankees, when they acquired him, they asked the question about, okay, what's, uh, you know, what's this about Josh and being in a clubhouse? And the feedback that they got from some of his former employers was, yeah, you know, he he was a real positive because on a daily basis he was a driving force, you know, a lot of energy. But uh, I think their experience was a a little different. He obviously had that whole situation with Tim Anderson last year, which was ugly. Um, And I'm sure that any team that looks to, you know, potentially sign Josh uh, down the stretch That's going to be among the list of questions they're going to be asking is, you know, what is his true impact in the clubhouse?
1: Man, to the OGs of the Brock and Salk show from like a decade ago, this is so good. This feels so good, Buster, to have you on, to have you aboard. And for those OGs, there was never a pennant race with 30 games to go back in the day (laughs) when we had you on at this time of year. We were not talking about chasing the American League West title. 30 games to go, Texas, Houston, Seattle, basically all now tied, all in the pole position down the final lap of the season. Can you handicap this thing for me?
3: I would pick the Mariners among the three teams. I think the Rangers... Uh, you know, while they've had a tremendous season, uh, a surprisingly good offense, I think Bruce Bochy has made a difference. Um, they've just have got so many pitching injury issues. I don't know if they're going to be able to overcome them. They've already lost Jacob DeGrom. Uh, you know, Nathan Avaldi, it's uncertain when he's going to come back, if he's going to come back. So, uh, you know, th- they may be in, in trouble. But th- the obvious team for me for the Mariners to overcome would be the Astros because. Uh, and you know this a lot better than I do. There's some, there's there's a difference with a team that's had a lot of success. I was around the Astros a few weeks ago. We had them on Sunday Night Baseball, and, and it's amazing. Those guys are like, yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll find a way to win. Uh, yeah, they got Jordan Alvarez back in the lineup. He hits a home run in Fenway last night. They got Michael Branley back in the lineup. Um, you know, my question is going to be about their pitching and, and with their bullpen in particular, and how that's going to hold up. But the Mariners right now just playing with so much confidence. And, you know, I had Jerry DePoto, uh, he had a baseball ops for the Mariners on my podcast uh, yesterday, taped with him. And I mentioned to him that, you know, what we're seeing with the Mariners and the Astros reminds me a lot of back in the day when the, the Pistons had to overcome the Celtics. And then Michael Jordan's Bulls had to overcome the Pistons. You know, have the Mariners figured out, you know, that great weekend series in Houston, uh, you know, have they figured out how to overcome the Houston Astros and and, uh, finally conquer the team that they've been chasing all these years?
0: Well, they looked like it for that weekend. We'll see whether or not it's uh, reasonable moving forward. We also uh, have we're what about a month past the trade deadline now. What did you make of it at the time, Mariners, you know, trading Paul Seawald and and bringing back a couple of young guys who were both, you know, 26-man roster guys? What did you think about it then versus what do you think about it now?
3: Well, I thought it was totally appropriate, um, you know, their response given how the team had performed. And, I, you know, I I get asked the question, I'm sure you guys do uh, do too, when you get uh, asked about the Mariners' success. So, you know, are you surprised? And I'm like, yeah, and I think the front office is too. (laughs) You know, because it wasn't like we entered – Uh, The period after the All-Star break where, you know, the Mariners were like all in and we're definitely going to be buyers. I mean, they were out and and assessing the value of guys like Teoscar Hernandez in a a weak outfield trade market, Uh, you know, looking at other possibilities, seeing, you know, taking advantage, uh, you know, of the value of, of you know, an elite relief pitcher in that time of the season. So it wasn't all, you know, uh, you know, full steam ahead. Uh, we're picking up everything we can. They needed to see more. So I thought what they did at the trade deadline was completely appropriate. And, and in the end, you know, uh, with Julio Rodriguez emerging and this great, you, you know, pitching staff that they put together emerging, they have turned it around. Uh, I just had Paul Embicki. one of a researcher at ESPN. Uh, and asked him, you know, how was it the Mariners turned around their offense so dramatically in such a short period of time? And he mentioned that there's some factors of luck, you know, batting average and balls in play for the Mariners during this run is higher than Tony Gwynn's lifetime average. So there may be some regression to the mean. But when you got Julio Rodriguez playing with that kind of confidence and leading the team in the way he is, assuming he's healthy going forward, it's uh, it's a weapon.
1: And it's going to be a big conversation with Scott Service in a couple hours. Skip will join us. A Mariners matinee today. Julio's health is uh, front and center in all of that. Buster, you're all over ESPN. You've got the podcast. Your Sunday night baseball. You get your eyes on so many of these teams and all the stars. I'm just curious from your perspective and your travels in baseball today. How many Julios are out there?
3: Boy, uh, I think Ronald Acuna Jr. is probably uh, you know he's in that category. But it's it's a short list. And my conversation with Jerry yesterday, I mentioned to him that, you know, what jumps out to me about Julio, and, you know, we had the Home Run Derby and and, uh, did that broadcast and just being around him for that, um, and last year's Home Run Derby, what just jumps out at me so much is his degree of confidence and and how it feels like that uh, this rubs off on other players. And the only other player where I saw to this degree in my time covering baseball was Derek Jeter. Where, you know, Derek is a 23, 24 year old, uh, you know, even on a team of veteran players, other players, uh, they, they borrowed his confidence and his energy. It rubbed off on other guys. And, and it's, a, it's a factor where, you know, the Yankees, uh, you know, might be in a difficult position. And, and Derek always assumed that they would find a way to win. And it feels like Julio is going to be that type of player. Uh, For them for years to come And, and boy, is it fun to watch?
0: Yeah. You know what else is interesting about Julio? I have this memory. This is like 100 years ago sitting at a table at Fenway Park with you and somebody else. I forget honestly who it was talking about how many guys in baseball truly love the sport. Like they love it. Like they just they couldn't live without it versus, you know, over time they've gotten paid for it, et cetera. Certainly, I think we'd put Julio in that category. But what jumps out to me about him is how much he seems to immediately think about the fans in almost every situation. He turns to them after a great play. He addresses them during post game interviews with the, you know, Root Sports Reporter How many players around baseball are constantly thinking about their fan base, maybe even more than their teammates themselves, et cetera?
3: I think Bryce Harper has done a great job of that in Philadelphia. Mm. Uh, In fact, I can't remember a superstar free agent going someplace and embracing a fan base the way Bryce has. So, you know, hats off to him. Uh, And I can tell you, like all the stuff that we do, the mic'd up players, I mean, he is a hall of famer for us. Mm -hmm. and how he's done that uh but you know it's funny as you were talking about that the conversations with the fans during the course of the game that's what Derek used to do he'd get me on deck circle and and he would uh you know turn around and he'd find some fan some kid or whoever and say hey what do you think I'm gonna should do you know should I hit the home run And, and I remember when that first happened you know you've got Joe Torrey an old school manager and and others, and uh, and I asked them, you know, does it bother you? Because it was unusual at that time that you would see that. And, and Joe was like, no, he's just he's having fun, and that's his way of of uh, you know playing the game. And again, it was a reflection of his confidence that you could carry on a conversation like that and still be a, a and still be an elite player the way that uh, that Derek was and the way that Julio is.
1: Buster, last thing from me, serious question here, hard one. So thinking cap on. Oh boy. 10-year-old Artie Moreno, what board is it, Monopoly or <laughs> shoots and ladders that he turns over?
3: Well, it has to be, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's pretty good. That's pretty. You know what, Brock, I give you credit on that. Thanks. That's a pretty good line. Yeah, Buster, it. it really has been too long. It's great to hear your voice. Thank you so much. Hopefully, uh, we'll be talking quite a bit more playoff baseball here in Seattle over the course of the next few years. Last year was just a blast, and uh, we'll do it again. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Buster. That sounds great. All
0: right, great there, to talk with you guys. There you go. Make sure you guys follow Buster. Of course, you already do on Twitter and everywhere else where you can find Buster. ESPN, ESPN.com, and everywhere else. It's uh, oh, felt good. Good. So except good I'm, the, I'm a little uncomfortable with I all know, the Jeter comps. I know, like, let's stay
1: away from the Jeter comps, so good if you don't on the mind. Lips right there. Yeah. Have Buster back. Yeah, on. I don't. I don't,
0: awesome. I don't care for that. Let's do some <laughs> Blue, blue Eighty Eight.
1: Hey, Brock
0: and
3: socks. Blue Eighty Eight.
1: Blue Eighty Eight.
3: We take you to the field as Brock Heward breaks down three football questions as only he can.
2: Now here's your host, Brock Heward, and Mike Saul. <laughs>
0: Oh, we're going to talk a little football today, too. Who knew? K.J. Wright's going to be in for the entire next hour, so a lot of football talk coming up at 8 o'clock before Scott Service joins us at 9.30. Brock, yesterday we had a quick conversation, kind of spur of the moment almost, with Dan Orlovsky. You asked him about Geno Smith, played him the sound of, you know, what could he do better this year, and Dan said this. Yeah,
3: if he does, Brock, we're we're, we're, we're having a conversation of, you know, th- this team being in in the NFC title game conversation. You know, I've said this multiple times. No one threw, no one, not a single quarterback in the NFL threw more perfect passes last year than Geno Smith did.
1: If Geno Smith does play better than last year, is this an NFC title Man, game team? do I co-sign on that in a hurry right there. I could not agree more with maybe anything any analyst ever said right there. On our show, then Jeter, Julio, and Dan Orlovsky making that commentary, op- opining in that way. I'm joking about the Jeter thing, and I knew that really bothered you. I could see yeah, it. You were fighting it. Don't be oh, like gosh. that. You were fighting it. I know, but every, I wasn't going to tell Buster. It was nice no, you to come were not. With every mitochondria in your body, you were fighting that. You wanted no piece of that comparison. I don't like Derek Jeter. But I will buy into every bit of that and and they do keep that stat right the 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 brady henderson the espn folks the next level stats perfect throws like that's a perfect throw like you know mike holmgren back in the day when we would run routes versus air and you put a slant that slant is in one spot that slant has got to be right in his front number so he can catch and run not have to think about it not have to slow down that is a perfect throw and dan's right nobody made more of them than gino if he makes more of them in 2023, they will be in the title game. I'll buy that.
0: All right. Question number two.
1: Uh,
0: the Seahawks did not make any deals. They have not traded anybody yet, and they didn't really cut anybody surprising at all yesterday. It kind of went, you know, exactly the way you might have expected it to. What do you make of it all?
1: What I make of it is 31 other teams followed largely in suit. This was not a day where it was like headline grab crabby names and Bailey Zappa Zappi zapper whatever it is out of new england's like the biggest name and whoa can you believe they cut the second year western kentucky fifth round pick like yeah it's <laughs> bill belichick i can't believe it i know he played pretty good last year for mac Jones, but yeah it, it felt other than there were some older receivers there were some older running back you know just there was not it was not an earth-shattering day now the fun begins now over the next three four days this roster is not set Just because the 53 was announced and the the Seahawks sent out that to all the media. Okay, here's the roster set. Here's the moves we made. And Brady was right. Once Jordan Brooks got back, it meant Ben Burkirbin was going to be gone. But it's not done yet. I would expect maybe even close to a half dozen moves, whether that's IR. There were guys yesterday still not practicing. You know, I think Barik Young is a big question mark there. So there's still going to be a bunch of machinations all around the league. And my number of two and a half as far as moves made and, and maybe guys on different rosters that will be on the opening fifty-three day roster, I'm going to stick with that two and a half number. being Well, a your good your one. number was on trades, on trades, but trades means somebody from another organization coming in here and being on your active well, roster. But hold on, that one. doesn't
0: Brady. To be fair to Brady, you trades or you sign somebody from another roster.
1: Yeah, mine was trades, right? But and I think where they are in the waiver claim. That's probably still a, okay. a number that may have to come All into play right in the next couple of days. All
0: right. I just want to hold you accountable. You know how it is. Standing up for Brady since he what'd can't you, stand up for himself. You do? He's in the helm or the hull of his boat, something like that. Question number three. What uh, what did you see from Hus- from Hawks practice yesterday? What jumped out to you?
1: So, so good. And it was a Bruder film. So, to be clear, I kind of had to really stare at it hard. Um, And we're not supposed to talk a lot about what's going on because they're, you know, kind of closed practices now. But it was public news and there was videos all over the place. And to see Jackson Smith and Jigba out there running routes, catching the football, obviously a pretty significant pad on his right hand and everything. But caught it clean as ever running, cutting, moving, conditioning. You know, when you get a setback, you you know, like a Devin, Devin Witherspoon setback, you get really concerned because he hadn't been able to do football activity, right? His conditioning, his legs that are going to be so critical for him coming back that, you know, a wrist injury and surgery is never good. But the the fact that he's out there running and catching and doing everything, that was a good sign to me that maybe in 10, 11 days, the Rams will certainly have to game plan and think about his availability uh, because he showed a little bit of toughness there and I want to, to come back and play the game that he loves. All right,
0: there you go. That's uh, today's Blue 88. I got a ton of text today. Text messages are all over the map, Rock. You didn't even hear it. When I first came in this morning, the first text was about how the Mariners' ownership was screwing the fans by forcing them to keep Julio and Kirby out of the game
3: yesterday. Whoa.
0: Yeah, so things are off to a raucous start, how it was awful that Julio wasn't playing on Julio Funko Pop Night, that the Mariners don't care about fans. As I said, yeah, it's been kind of a... Kind of a weird, uh, weird start to the day, but I got a lot of other tags. Let's see. All uh, right. One is not in the helm; they're at the helm. Yeah,
1: at the helm. Yeah, the can't helm you... is a wheelhouse, like the. Yeah, that's the he's at one. the helm. So you
0: can't be at the helm.
1: You're at the yeah boat. at the helm. That's like you're at the. You're like in the, the
0: hole it, of the boat. You're at the helm of the wheel. boat. Yes. I, so if it's the wheel room, then can't you be in the room? No, think about the
1: skipper. He's out on the helm, hmm. right, with Gilligan. He's got I want to be with wheel. the hull, I think.
2: Uh, with the hull? With yeah. the, uh, the exterior
1: I don't think of you the do. Film. Yes, I do. No you, no, you don't. I don't? As seasick as you get? Yeah, no, I don't want to be don't. near either the helm or the
0: hull, to be honest with you. I, I get very, helm. very seasick. Yes. Uh, let's see. Poo-poo, Poo-Poo take... Why are you even making these what? analogies? Don't worry about it, Maura. Poo-poo takes all... Jeter's such a great ball player and a human being. Oh, you know him? Please. Jeter's the most built-up media creation of all time. Absolute joke. Uh, By the way, KJ said you were just rude to me, so I just like that noted. For the uh, there's no, uh, you know what? We're moving on. Uh, there's no <laughs> way the Seahawks are in the title game no matter what Geno does. They didn't a- address the problem. Mm. Stop in the rain. I assume that means stopping the run, but mm. it says stop in the rain, which is also kind of entertaining. Uh, well, I think that's a pretty interesting take, and I don't entirely disagree with that, although I don't know about no way. As I said yesterday, I'm open minded. And then uh, Salk from the 253, we understand you're a Boston guy, no one cares. Oh, okay. Both. This is a this is a fired up. Text People don't toy. like when the Mariners lose, oh, even if they've won twenty of the last twenty four games before last so night. Good. Salk, I got another one here about. Just, there's some of these are unbelievable. Let me see if I can find. Salk's isn't Salk's head just a big hematoma? That's nice. <laughs> And then there was one, I think I've lost it here. Oh, no, here's one about uh, you. What happened to Brock? It feels like Mike's negativity is transferred over, and now Salk is the calm and positive one. Thank you, 206. You're the only person who understands me. Thank you. KJ's in. He's calm. He's positive. He's everything you're looking for. He's better than either me or Brock, and he's next on Brock and Salk.